0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bengalis in New York show. My name is Arik, and uh, we be repping it for you know the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and
1: all over the world. So welcome and enjoy. So are there a lot of Bengalis in Tennessee? You know
0: what? It's, uh, we're a growing population here. Wow. We definitely are. It's not like, you know, Dallas or Atlanta, um, but the numbers are going up uh, more so around Nashville area. And okay. so, but yeah, yeah, we, I'd love to see some more though.
1: Not growing up, did you go to Dawats? Do you have a huge family circle or community of Bengalis? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely Bengalis around the
0: area, um, and we'd be going to Dawats, but the issue was that where I grew up specifically was in, like, rural East Tennessee. So um, before I came to Knoxville, um, where where it's a little bigger city where we have more Bengalis, but growing up, I had no Bengalis really around so we're the only Bangladeshi family around, and we have to drive probably an hour to get to Dawats. So wow, uh, yeah. So growing up, I didn't really have much of my culture around me except for my family. So my three brother, two brothers, including me, um, and my my parents.
1: How did your family uh, get to Tennessee?
0: Yeah, so my dad kind of um, they they both grew up in Bangladesh, and so my dad is a physician, so he uh, immigrated around. Um, I want to say in the early 1970s, he went down to New York first, and then he kind of found himself down here in um, Tennessee. So that wow. was kind of he, – he didn't expect himself to, like, stay here forever, but uh, then ended up for the last uh, – two decades we've been down here in tennessee yeah so i grew up in here my brothers grew up in new york and in chicago um
1: oh they did okay because i'll be honest with you i've seen interviews with you and you sound like a new yorker what's up with that
0: (laughs) i don't know you know it's has been a kind of mixture of everything you know because you have your, your your family here who like you know they have an accent coming in here so you're mixing it up there um so english wasn't my first language i learned and uh, then, but you have, you know, a country twang around here, but my brothers who have a little of a New York accent, so uh, you get kind of a mixture of everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I was
1: really confused. I was like, wait, I thought he was from Tennessee. He sounds like one of my friends. <laughs> yeah. So that's really interesting. So you, I mean, you were, I wasn't born here. I was born in Bangladesh. So it makes sense that English wasn't my first language, but you were born here and English wasn't your first language. That's really interesting, right?
0: I mean, yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense.
1: I mean, your parents are speaking Bengali and you're, you're speaking what they're speaking. Exactly. I mean, growing up, you know, I learned Bangla at the same time I learned
0: English. And then, you know, there's obviously a drop off because we're not taking courses in Bangla here. But yeah. I do remember when I, we would go back and visit Bangladesh. And so I'd have to kind of re, like, you know, refresh it. All my cousins would kind of go down the whole list. And so, um, but yeah, at the same time, I was learning English and Bangla at the same time or trying to.
1: Now your Bangla's still pretty good? You know, it's not as
0: good as I would like it it's, it's still, it's okay But you can definitely hear, you know It's funny because we talk about accents
1: here But you go to Bangladesh and say you oh, yeah. have an American accent They're like, you of know, course. we can hear it right also Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's not even just an accent I just feel like you walk around and they know that you're not from they, there They know, they, they can, just know. They can They can seek it out They can they seek smell it out. you, yeah Like even <laughs> if you go to the, you know, stores and you try to bargain They know that you can't bargain but oh, you're yeah. not from here You know, you get, yeah, you get they... taken advantage So what was the last time you went back?
0: Um. It was probably in. Let's see. It's 2020. Probably in 17. So it's been a little bit. It's been three years. So before, you know, before college and everything, I was going pretty regularly every year or two years if we could. But then schedule didn't really line up and whatnot. So it was going to go actually this summer in 2020, but uh, with with the situation around COVID
1: 19, uh, mm-hmm. that was just not able to do. So um, hoping How's the course, co- this all comes down. How's the COVID situation in Tennessee?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's been um, it's an issue everywhere around the states, especially in Tennessee. We were kind of a little later to close the state, and now we've already started reopening. So fortunately, the numbers haven't risen too bad. I mean, you see them in kind of urbanized areas where we have like Knoxville area, we have like Middle Tennessee, Nashville, and then as well as. The Memphis area. But uh luckily the numbers haven't been too bad. But the reopening right now has been, you know, we're kind of moving more quickly towards that. So the worry around here is that are we moving too fast reopening? So um, yeah. it's it's uh for, you know, it's not as bad as some other areas, but still uh it's not a good situation.
1: Yeah, it's just unfortunate everywhere. And I mean even in New York. I mean, I'm looking at some yeah. pictures of parks. You know, and the people are opening up, and uh, and the parks are getting packed. Um, exactly. where, so right. where do you live in New York, exactly? So I live in Queens now. Okay. I'm actually, uh, I live in, I'm staying with my in-laws right now. Um, I was actually in Asia the first half of the year. I was I was in China, South Korea. I was there, and I we were actually came back. Me and my wife came back. Just, we were supposed to be here for a week. And then we got stuck. So we can't go back. So my wife was actually working in Shanghai and I was doing a course and I was supposed to start a course in Bali, but COVID just didn't want any of that to happen. So, so we were, basically wow. we're stuck. So we're stuck. And uh so now I'm, I'm back and I can't go back. So now I'm just going to go back to, I'm going to have to start looking for work and, and uh, I work in finance. This is you know obviously mm-hmm. a passion project. So I, uh, uh, yeah, so now we're here, but I'm in Queens, long story, I'm in Queens, um, okay. but I don't know where Man, I'm, I'm going uh, to, yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, no, I mean, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, come on, I have a good, like, I have a place to stay, I mean, I have plenty yeah, of savings, yeah. and we're healthy, so I'm not complaining, we're, we're fine, I mean, and in New York, we're hard You're hit, good. so I know, a lot, I know a lot of people that, mm-hmm. you, know, are, you know, are, you know, tested positive and stuff, so I'm, I'm very fortunate. Um. So listen, uh, what made you sh- want to run for ha- our state house? Yeah,
0: no, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, basically, you know, it's been something I've always been really involved in my community. And, you know, public service is something that, I've, you know, my family's kind of gone through it. You know, my grandfather, actually, he was during the time of the liberation of Bangladesh. So he served as a police officer. And so really serving the country and trying to figure out a way to find independence was something that, happened under him. Uh, My dad has worked as a doctor all of East Tennessee um, and almost of all his life here down in East Tennessee. And so they've kind of, service has been kind of running through our blood. Uh, For me though, that wasn't something that I thought I'd be kind of going into public service like this, especially at this age. Um, It was, you know, I was going to finish, I got my bachelor's, I was going to law school, but kind of what the issue with COVID-19 came up. I think you might have seen it, too. You know, um, we just saw like the U.S. kind of lagging behind in a lot of different ways. And specifically around here, local leadership really wasn't standing up to do these different types of changes for it um, and really ensure that we have things ready for it. And so seeing my pops, you know, from afar, having to go to work and having, you know, being those medical workers on the front lines and then also having uh, local leadership really not doing much to support them really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And then we've just had other issues with our current representative here where I felt like they didn't really have the constituents' you know um, best mind for them, you know so that was kind of a lot of these different factors combined really pushed me to run because I was thinking that um, instead of waiting for somebody to stand up for us, we need to do it and so that was kind of a big push for me around this area. I know my area, I love the Knoxville area, I love Tennessee um, and if I have somebody who is a representative here who doesn't feel the same way or doesn't do actions out line in valleys around this
1: area uh i feel like you have to do something about it so that was kind of the push so you you didn't consider running before covid so really covid was the catalyst for for you running definitely definitely i mean this wasn't something
0: that i was you know planning for you know years on or months on you know it was probably around um March, when we were looking at we had a lot of issues come out about our current representative in the area, our district representative. And then, then when, you know, you're looking at it, hoping, maybe there's other information about it, but he just keeps a slew of news coming out about them, And then you see the actions our local leadership is taking about COVID. And so that combined was like, okay, you know, somebody has to do something about it. And of course, right now is not the ideal time to run for any type of political office because we can't be out campaigning. Everything is digital right now. So, um, but I felt it was really important. I think, you know, sometimes you just got to trust your
1: gut and also look around you and see what people want. And so that was kind of something that we did. And I'm assuming your incumbent is someone that's older and a lot more experienced. So actually... Thinking about that, do you feel like you have an advantage because everything is digital and and I'm assuming you're younger than your incumbent?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, you know... I've seen a lot of people, double my age, incredibly good at digital, you know, marketing or whether it's campaigning, but I do think what lies in our, you know, my campaign is that we're really trying to ensure a new day in Tennessee that's kind of prepared for the 21st century. You know, making sure that if you can't meet representative in person, you can see him digitally or, you know, because right now we get so much of our news, whether it's through our, it's through our phone mostly, whether that's through social platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, Versus, we don't really see that traditional model for a lot of folks, especially, you know, in a lower, um, at a younger age bracket where they're watching cable television, CNN, you know, Fox News regularly. So I think it's really important that specifically in our campaign that we are geared towards that. So making sure that our social media is consistently bringing out news, um, things like that. I think that kind of does give us an edge over our representatives. So I don't know if that's like age factor there, but I do think that uh, right now that's kind of our, that's our area of we're doing the best at. How long has your incumbent been in office? Um, the incumbent has been in office since uh, 2016. And okay. so when he came in, he was first appointed to that position because that incumbent, the, uh, the representative before him had to step down because of um, other issues regarding tax uh, so, there was, you know, it's been, we've been seeing for the last 32 years, there has been a trend of, you know, corruption within our district. And so that was kind of something that, you know, you're seeing this district that is rep- with people that are amazing, great, that you've grown up with. Um, but unfortunately, the people representing them don't share the same values or they forget those values when they come into office.
1: Yeah. Recently, I've had a number of local politicians and people that are running for office, Bengalis. And it's been really frustrating uh, hearing that, first, a lot of what you said, uh, the corruption, and also some of these incumbents have been in office for 20, 30 years. And I keep saying it over and over, and I think that's not what our founding fathers envisioned for these representative positions. Um, so you need new, new blood, new new ideas. So I'm, glad you, I'm glad you decided to run.
0: Yeah, um, no, most definitely, most definitely. I mean, this this recent, this incumbent has been only here for the last four years. Um, the person before him though was about thirty years. You know, wow. Um, so you you see this trend there, and also I think it's really important that not just when our district, but other districts, you do get new people, and it because it, it's a, you get innovations of ideas. You know, it, it spurs. You want to set up a generation before you that come. Take that torch, you know, Um, because if we don't set up a generation before us to be leaders, then when we become older, especially in our current time, we're seeing that um, there's a disconnect and you don't want to disconnect, especially in public leadership and public service. There shouldn't be these barriers where somebody has to. wait till they're you know 50 60 years old to be able to run for office if they have ideas at that time and if they you know um have a, a passion for it, i say why not and so that's something we can talk about later on but i do think the barriers i think it's difficult for bengalis to run for office because there's so many barriers to get to on that to be on that
1: ballot in the first place do you think aocs change things i feel like because of aoc a lot of younger people are just you know having a lot more courage to to run want to run Yeah, you know, I I mean, I think she's definitely been kind of a trailblazer in that
0: sense that um, she showed that you can kind of take on a machine and you can win against it. Um, The thing is, I mean, with AOC too, is that she had a a strong backing behind her within her organization. Um, And so I think the tough thing is to having folks who might not be as um, in tune with these organizations and how they're going to run. But yeah, no, I definitely think AOC um, she, she kind of put a blueprint out there that you can, is a possibility. And when there's a, a little bit of hope, that's when, you know, a lot of things can happen. You just need a little bit of hope and it can grow from there. So
1: why, uh, specifically state house, why not another local position?
0: Yeah, I felt, you know, I think, there are a lot of positions out there that, you know, I, and, I, and that's where I think politics is really made at your local level, right? Because people sometimes get so um, disenfranchised, I think, and they feel so upset about, you know, what politics around them and saying, my representatives are not representing me. You're looking at your congressmen, your senators. A lot of the issues that are going to be affect, impact you are on the local level. So that's why small, you know, elections down the ballot are so important. And so... Looking at what the way I want to impact things, I felt that right now, the state of Tennessee, I mean, it's obviously a a red state. Um, I'm a progressive candidate. And so the way to start moving this, you know, not to even say a blue wave, but a blue blip is that we need to get more people in our state legislature because that's where a lot of the change happens, Uh, whether that's, you know, trying to expand Medicaid, whether that's trying to raise the minimum wage. Those are some issues I really wanted to tackle. Um, and though a big focus of mine is education, you know, trying to ha- make sure that every student has, you know, quality education. Well, I could kind of go towards um, school board, things like that, realizing that to make a strong, strong change around the state across it, uh, kind of later, uh, is kind of the place I wanted to be. So that was kind of the big reason why I decided that, you know, state house is what I wanted to run for.
1: How is the state house structured? Um, for people that don't know anything about politics what does a state house do and how is it structured is it is it like the um is it like the federal um uh, is it like the, is it like congress
0: yeah yeah and so that's a great way to put it i think a lot of people don't realize their own state has a state house and so basically you have in you know In a federal level, you have your Congress, which is your uh, state of representatives, as well as you have um, the Senate. So on a smaller level, each state itself many times has its own Senate as well as a House of Representatives. So the state of Tennessee is in the same way. We have 99 representatives here that represent each different district within the state so as many districts you have in the state which is broken apart um that's how they represent it so uh, you you, uh, you see that the state houses are really the things that push the needle within different states whether that's kind of um minimum wage laws in here so each state has a minimum wage law or most of them do um and so to raise that minimum wage that doesn't happen on a federal level in the state that would come down to your state legislature so that's kind of uh, these issues when it's like specific to you know, your state, that's what they tackle.
1: Okay. Um, you mentioned that you're in a red state, obviously. Are you in a, in, a, in a blue portion of that red state? What do you think your your chances?
0: Yeah, so my district specifically, District 15, actually, is one of the blue portions there is. So you you have blue portions scattered around here. And so our current incumbent is a Democrat. So currently in this race, actually, there is not a Republican um, candidate. So you have an independent as well. So however, um, historically, whoever wins the primary in the last few decades wins the general. So um, it's looking like more than likely that whoever wins this primary will represent this district. So we're one of the few Democratic districts around what do you think about your chances? Um, you know, I wouldn't be running if there wasn't a chance. So I think that there's enough issues going on, especially with kind of the chaos with COVID going on. It's, it's tough to tell how any race is going to go. However, our current incumbent has had scandal after scandal break on him. Um, and I think this is kind of a, um, it's a busy primary. We have, including me, there's four candidates running for this. So um, it's it's uh, one of the more crowded races that we have in Tennessee actually right now. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I think we have a strong chance for sure. I think because I think also right now the way campaigning is going, it's digital right now. So that's some one of our strengths because we're really ensuring that people will see us both physically and, you know, digitally so uh, it's not just about telling your story it's about selling the story too and so that's a big importance just to let people know that these are the issues we're fighting for we're not fighting for them just for name values so you just can put a stamp next to our name that we are progressive but this is why we're fighting for these issues and how we're going to get these issues to go across the aisle. Because we don't need to just convince Democrats um, these are great issues, but we need to convince Republicans down the line. And I think that's something people are missing a lot of times, that they, they state their values, they talk about these messages they have, but they forget that these messages have to be conveyed to the other side. So um, I'm sorry, I don't want to ramble on about this, but those factors are really taking place. And I think they give us a strong chance because we're kind of a breath of fresh air to a lot of people's minds that into a system where they've seen that really no one was representing them um, in a valid way. We're really trying to show that, hey, this is what we want to do.
1: No, you're not rambling, you're passionate, and I appreciate it. Um, Where were you as politically astute before it's deciding to run? Were you always following politics? or for I've noticed uh, and that a lot of people that I've been speaking to, honestly, it was Trump. I mean, it was because of Trump that they decided to at least even care. And I'm, me too, to be honest with you, I didn't really care about politics too much before Trump. What, what was the, I guess, catalyst for you? Yeah, you know, um,
0: for, to your point, yeah, I think Trump definitely made people care in both ways, because he's such a polarizing figure, you know, whether it was you became really passionate about politics, after more, you found yourself realizing that, you know, uh, the things happening in our country are going to affect you and the people around you negatively. You want to take a stand about that for me specifically was, you know, I've always been kind of politically inclined, kind of keeping up. My dad was always had a news channel on in the background. So growing up, you know, you, you see Anderson Mm. Cooper in the background. And so then growing up and then going into college at the university of Tennessee, I kind of got involved in both university um, politics and then kind of the area. So, you know, I really worked towards advocacy and just kind of find myself falling into some of these positions. So I I served as student body president of the University of Tennessee. So um, since we're a state school, we have a lot of um, things we have to do between ourselves as well as the legislature, because they kind of govern this university uh, budget-wise. And so I found myself having to go to Nashville, talk with them, talk about issues that are important to us, and just kind of uh, really lobby on behalf of students, whether that was in our capital in Nashville, whether that was in Knoxville. So through that, I kind of just kind of found myself in these uh, rooms and areas of seeing people that are supposed to be, you know, politicians, supposed to be representatives, but seeing that, wow, um, I don't think they care about us as much as they say they do, you know. And yeah. so because of that, that kind of uh, helped me with connections. First of all, trying to kind of have my name known around the area, but also gave me more of a passion, realizing like, hey, if I can get things done on this university level. Um, there's a step, there's a possibility that I can do, you know, things efficiently on the next level. So and that's a really important thing to me, too, is that you don't do things for just, you know, namesake. I want to make sure that if I wouldn't
1: be running for anything, I'd
0: be the best person for this position.
1: It sounds like your dad was really supportive. I'm curious about your extended family, because politics in Bangladesh is, has a lot of uh, a very negative connotation, I think. It's really corrupt. Um, what were your extended family's reaction, especially in Bangladesh, about you running for politics here?
0: Yeah, no, um, you know what? Fortunately, my Bangladeshi family, they've been really supportive about a lot of things we do here. You know, they're probably my biggest advocates on Facebook, liking every single thing they can do. Uh, but yeah, I think to your point that the way, you know, politics has been seen much in the way it's been there, it's become, it's very corrupt. You know, it's a lot about first um, your, your legacy there as well as the money you have there. And that's not to say those factors don't um, influence things here in American politics. But um, I think it, the cool thing has been is kind of showcasing our message to my family and then seeing like, you know, our website, our video and them being really excited about that. So they've been quite supportive about it. They've had a lot of questions, but they've been really supportive. I really like your campaign video. I thought it was really well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was something we really wanted to, you know, focus on. And also because I think it's important that people want a, um, they want a, you know, picture to the name. They want a face to yeah. the name. So, um, it, and I think the thing about campaigns, they're really important because they're a vetting system too. That um, if you don't show yourself, you can succeed and um, employ strong communication um through the campaign, and what says you're going to do that while you're in you know, power. So I think that's really important that we want to showcase that this is something that this is who we are, this is our story, but also um, this level of communication isn't going to stop after the campaign.
1: Hey, so I'm curious, do you think your experience with the media uh, being on Big Brother has helped you uh, with the campaign?
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think some ways, yes and no. I think, you know, we want to always break that bubble of, you know, this is a reality TV person, somebody, you know, a lot of the articles saying, you know, reality TV star running for office, but you know what, in all honesty, I've lived here my entire life. Um, I was on reality TV for a a little over a month, you know, so it's, it's making sure that part isn't who you are and explain to people there's more to you than that just bit, but it's also important. A lot of people know me through that. So I'm trying to find the positives of that and kind of showcase those and, you know, answer any questions and alleviate any um, concerns people might have that, oh, is this just for, you know, uh, publicity or things like that? And I always tell folks, I'm like, if you want to get publicity or things like that, running for state office, probably the last choice you want to do, you know, especially, you know, a small district right here. But, um, yeah, I definitely think it's helped me in a lot of ways. I think my, uh, the community, the big brother community, as we say, they've been really supportive as well. So it's helped our online profile for sure.
1: Yeah. And also reality stars are uh, the president. So yeah. <laughs> not, you're not the, you're not the first. That is true. That
0: is true. I, we're hoping that we don't. Uh, we're we're we can show that we're different than our current president,
1: but he's the, he has put a blueprint that a reality star can uh, hold quite high office. I, I am sure you'll be different and, and a lot better than that reality star. Um, <laughs> talk about your experience on Big Brother. I don't know if it's something you feel comfortable talking about. How was your experience on, on that show? I, I mean, I don't really know any other Bengali people on any reality shows. I'm trying to think. So I'm curious, how was your experience? Yeah,
0: no, I mean, that, that was a that was cool thing about being on the show. You know, it was, it, it was, it was a mixed bag because I didn't win the show. I wasn't able to get the grand prize. And, but like the whole experience you have on there is just a, you know, it's a crazy type of thing because you're, you're stuck in a house basically for three months. And my time was about half that. I was around there for a little over a month. And you have to navigate these social things with people and you're stuck in there. So it's kind of like similar to quarantine. Uh, Where you're just stuck in a place and you can't uh, do the things you want to do. No phones, no communication outside. So it's definitely stressful. But also, I think you find out a lot about yourself in these stressful situations. So I found out, you know, um, the way I act around other people, and I was pretty proud of myself in that sense that, like, you saw a lot of people go low there was issues on the show we were definitely a controversial season but uh, um, holding myself with other people's character up was pretty important to me but even bigger than that was being like you know Bangladeshi representation that was always what I was telling people that we need to see more Bengalis on tv um, yeah at first we were like we need to see more brown folks on tv because there was no brown folks and now we have more people representing but then there's no Bangladeshis on but by tv I should say you know western media you um because it's, you can't envision yourself on there if you don't see somebody who looks like you, right? So that was a big part of me being on the show. I was, always talked about that. It was really important that like I showcase my culture. I showcase um, who I am. And so that was like on live nights because every week you have a live episode, I'll wear my Punjabi. And so that was like, you know, I really wanted to make sure that people saw that like um, I embrace my culture because, you know, and you know this well too, we have a lot of folks that are coconuts around the area or what we say, you know, yeah. they brown on the outside yep. but you know inside they don't embrace their culture so and that yep. was how i was growing up like in like middle school high school because there was no Bengali's around me so um you're like you want to assimilate as much as you can it wasn't until i got to college you know learn more about my culture where i was like this is dope you know this is awesome like who we are is a great culture and we have a great history about it so
1: um it was really awesome to kind of showcase that on national television yeah i think that's a really good point and and me too you know in I think a lot of us, you know, you're in middle school and somebody asks you if you're Indian and you just say yes because you don't want to go into that conversation about, oh, no, oh, yeah. it's a different country. Just, yeah, I'm Indian. And I think, believe it or not, I sh- I've actually uh, gotten closer to my culture because of Bengali's New York. Um, a lot of a lot of what I know, I've learned a lot about the culture the last year and a half through Bengali's New York. Just, you know, talking to people and just, you know, just even just like a couple of months ago, uh, I wrote the post, we we did a post on uh, Bengali New Year. And I really didn't even know too much about Bengali New Year. I don't know why we we had another, I don't know why we had a different New Year. Yeah, yeah. But then in research for that post, you know, I I had to write the caption for it. And I kind of understood it a little bit more. So like that kind of stuff, it actually helped me. Because a lot of people think like I'm like super, super Bengali because I run this page. But no, it's actually helped me become more, uh, more connected to my roots, which has been really cool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, like, for sure, like, when I was doing this campaign and kind of trying to learn more about my history, like, I knew about my history. I knew about my grandfather, my dadaby, my my baba, and, like, we knew what, like, they did. But I didn't really know everything till kind of I started asking those deep dive questions about, like, independence. Like, how did that happen, that my dad, you know, He always told us stories about him, like, giving messages to freedom fighters, but I never knew, like, actually what went down. And so learning about that specifically and, like, now learning more about the culture, having, like, Bengalis reach out after we announced the campaign and them telling me their stories, that's pretty cool. And so, um, yeah, we have a rich culture. And, like, to your point that uh, growing up, you were uh, – I, I can't speak for you, but for me, I was I was embarrassed a little bit because you're, yeah. you're the only kid coming to the lunch table that has food that's like curry. You know, you have yeah. different things going on that like differentiate yourself and people say things about you and you think it's like, oh man, this trend happened. I know so many of my brown friends that, you know, used a different name growing up. They didn't want to use yeah. their, you know, actual name. They call themselves instead of, you know, instead of Ovi, yeah. they might call themselves a, I don't know, um, Sam or something. Like, you're not a Sam. Yeah. You don't look like a Sam, you know? Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting you say of- that. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go on. No. Yeah. Cause, cause I, my name is Cam Rule, but in, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a, probably a little older than you, but in like late nineties, uh, or early two thousands, uh, there's a rapper named Camron He goes by Cam. So everybody just started calling me Cam. And so I've been Cam for so long. I've been Cam for over 20 years. Um, and it's short for Cam Rule. And then recently I was, uh, at my last job, I actually made an appen- attempt to go back to Camroll. Like I told everybody, call me Camroll. Yeah. I just felt so uncomfortable, which is weird because I've been Cam for so long now. And yeah, yeah. I felt weird. I was like, you know, wow, I've been Cam for so long now. It just feels weird. So I was like, whatever. You know what? I'll go back to. I'm fine with Cam. I mean, it's it's easier and stuff. But and but I always tell people it's you know short for cam roll. But I mean, but yeah. that's. Uh, I just feel like at this point it's it's too late. I'm just <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I mean, to that point, too, it's like growing up, people would and my name's Ovi. It's very simple yeah. to say, it's Ovi, yeah. but I had so many folks say, like, Avi, um. or like, oh, Avi. It's like just, it's different ways that, it's actually impressive how you can mispronounce a three-letter name, right? That's and um, you'd have people mispronounce it, but, like, for you, you're like, whoa! it must be hard for them to say, so, you know, you don't yeah. want to correct them. It wasn't exactly. until like, you know, I was, like, uh, in high school, later in high school, in college, where I was, like, it's Ovi, you know. Um, yeah. and I think that's really important because uh, people can like these Ameri- people growing up and around this area. Americans can pronounce any random name, you know. They know. have all these names here and that are invented every single day, so they should be able to you you know put out like if it's Khalid, Khalid, you know they can, they yeah. can do it's not that hard. Um, so that was uh, something I always noticed, and I think you know it, kind of our generation and also you know, first-generation Americans here and second-generation Americans who are Bangladeshi Americans, you're kind of seeing um, some of the struggles our families went through and, you know, even struggles that you went through before when you're immigrating here and saying, you know, I don't want to take that. You know, I want to make sure that uh, you're afforded certain luxuries now. So, um, especially in a time where society is so much more accepting
1: than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Did you see that episode of uh, Hassan Minhaj on The Ellen Show? Where he corrected her. Yes, yeah, I, I did, I did see that one. That was, that was cool, and I like that he did that. And I think his similar situation is me. He's been, he's been Hassan Manaj for so long. Mm -hmm. I'm glad he took a stand. I'm glad he finally said he, I'm not Hassan Manaj, just Hassan. Minhaj. yeah. Because I mean, for everybody knows him as Hassan Manaj. I mean, that's his thing. Yeah. That's his identity as a celebrity. And so I'm glad he. I'm glad I, I was proud that he. I was proud that he did that. That was really cool. no. That was so cool. And I think like
0: having people do that in like our mainstream media is just so important to us because it gives us something like okay, that's cool. Because the thing is, we all knew what he was doing, you know. And but none of us, you know, were like upset about it. We like we understand he has to make his like name easy for other Americans to listen because we've all done that. And so, like, we never had an issue with him. So, like, we're already in our, like, brains, like, that is normalized, right? Because to us, like, that's what we already have to do. But he kind of showed that, like, no, don't do that, y'all. So, I I think it's really important breaking those, you know, those things we already have in our head, like, stated there. um, Breaking that barrier.
1: Listen, uh, do you have any key dates uh, coming up that people should know about? Key dates. So, yeah, a big thing, you know, is August 6th is our primary
0: um, that is really the voting day. So if you guys are listening to this podcast, you are in the Tennessee area, specifically in District 15 in Knoxville area, make sure that you um, register the vote at least a month before that. So anytime before July 6th, register to vote because you have to be a registered voter for a month in the area to vote in the primary. But uh, August 6th is our big primary date. Any other dates for that? We don't really have any key dates right now just because with COVID-19, we're not able to hold specific physical events, but we're hoping to get some digital events going on soon. So
1: Check out our, is it okay if I plug the website? Of course, that, yeah, and I'll link it also uh, when we post.
0: Yeah, check out our website, ovkabir.com um, and you can look at my social media too. Um, it's all listed there and so we'll have updates regularly on there where you can kind of see both our issues, our views and also things that you can get involved. So we're really looking forward to doing kind of a digital volunteer event where it's going to be kind of like a text banking, phone calling type of thing. So tell your friends about, you know, my campaign, us and what we're doing, so um, yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, the major dates, I guess.
1: Amazing. Yeah. I, I feel like we can talk forever. It's already been 40 minutes. I can't believe that's that flow. Wow. Yeah, no, that did fly. This was, this was so much fun. I think this is super
0: important what y'all do too. I want to say thank you for having me because like, it, it's so important that we give a, a voice to our Bengali community, which really there isn't any, you know, uh, venues really much than Western media whatsoever so I think it's really cool that y'all are doing this you guys are obviously finding success in this so I really hope it continues but this is these stories need to be told not just you know mine but more so a lot of other Bengalis whether that's anywhere and I think it's cool that you guys are kind of branching out of New York too you know finding uh, yeah. in different states
1: yeah it's just the Biboni is just a name yeah, it's been amazing, and but it's just it's a passion project, but it's been turning into a lot more. Like, I'll kill a cool, cool story. Yesterday, we got an, a message from this woman who has who is sponsoring a, a child in Bangladesh, and the child's been sending her letters in Bangla. So she reached out to us to translate the letters for her. How cool is that? Like to that's be involved so cool. in something yeah. like that. So we translated the letters for her because I have a I have somebody on the team that's a translate two people that are translators. I mean, to me, like that makes like. Uh, like that makes everything worth it. It's something to be yeah. involved in something like that. And she was so happy that we were able to do that for her.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, no, that that, that and that's we, we need more of what y'all are doing, you know? Having a I, I I'm so happy that there's like a I didn't really know much about y'all before you reached out and everything. So now like senior podcast, now I'm trying to put them on while I'm driving and things like that. Oh, really? I appreciate it. Yeah it's cool to hear you alls stories and these stories that I, I never knew i wanted so much you know i've been hearing everybody else's stories but the stories within our community so somebody finally telling them uh that's amazing so i'm really glad what y'all are doing i hope you guys continue in any way i can support y'all down the line you
1: just let me know absolutely and uh once you win i hope you come back um <laughs> and uh, talk some more but it was great having you i would love to i love to thank you so much All right, thanks avi Gotta be honest, with diamonds and pearls, yeah, yeah, Bengalis in New York, all over the world. Uh, It's the Boney Show. Uh, Can you handle this? Representing
0: the boroughs where the bangles live, from the slang we spit to the gangs we're with. It doesn't matter, we the essence of the Bangladesh. I said, Hey, come on, can you handle this? Representing the boroughs where the bangles live, from the slang we.